0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
1: We failed to bring this up. Talking about the Commanders last night beating the Ravens and Sam Howell having Mm -hmm. a day. Josh Harris, the new owner of the Commanders. Oh, yeah. I mean, leader in the clubhouse for most awkward handshake of all time. Oh, yeah. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman the the Monday play-by-play guys had Josh Harris in the booth all right so they bring the new owner up and it's all good vibes okay Dan Snyder's gone you I mean how would you feel if you were for the first time in a building that that you own, watching a team that you just bought for billions and billions of dollars, and the atmosphere is fun, everyone's having a good time. So the atmosphere, the vibes, the, the, the room, the energy, just seems like it's on 100. And Joe Buck is talking to Josh Harris while looking at the game on the field. And he's talking with his hands, and his hand just kind of sits out there for like a beat, extended, Ironically, with this being number five in our starting five, all five fingers extended. And Josh Harris has a like a, a panic moment where he thinks Joe Buck wants to shake his hand. And he just goes to shake his hand right as Joe Buck pulls his hand away. It ends up being a really weird like hand class. Yes. not a, Not a full shake. And as soon as Harris does it, he recognizes, oh, he wasn't going to shake my hand. I just grabbed a guy's hand who did not expect me to grab his hand. He throws his hands on his hips. Yes. And sits back like in yeah. an in an ultimate, like, nothing to uh, – what's, what's going on over here, guys? I'm just going on? I'm just standing. And the funniest, if you want – go back and find it. The video is all over the place. Um, watch Troy Aikman the whole time. Because the two guys that were involved in the shake, they're dealing with their own bit of awkwardness, right? They – they had the. They're trying to to find their way through it. Troy Aikman is just standing there and watched the whole thing, and he can't keep the smirk and the smile off of his face. Josh Harris hasn't done much wrong since taking. Like he's been, you know, praised and applauded everywhere he's gone. The handshake was awkward, man. The handshake was awkward. It was funny. It's hilarious. The good news is he said he's confident in Sam Howell, and then Sam Howell made him look real good uh, by uh, putting up an absolute beauty of a performance in his first half of action uh, before being pulled for Jacoby Brissett. And then in a weird, uh, sorry, State fans, uh, Jacoby Brissett didn't look absolutely great. So the competition is over. It's Sam Howell's deal. Right. They named him the starting quarterback before the game. He looked like the starting quarterback during the game. He's going to be the starting quarterback week one. It's going to be a whole thing. And, uh, and that's about as good as it can be. I actually think they, they shouldn't play the starting offense in week three for, for the commanders because I don't see how you have a better launching point into the regular season than what Sam and, and the starters did in week two. And with Terry McLaurin's injury, right, just give everybody a chance to, to wait. He's got a little turf toe, which can can be one of those lingering things. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I think they just let it roll. I think it was a good, good, good night for the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. That's probably why Hal played the whole first half, was probably the intent of not playing him in the third preseason game. Maybe they said, let's get all the reps we need mm-hmm. now, and and we'll chill. Thus, the only thing left to do chill. Yeah, My advice to the Commanders fans, chill. That's part of number four.
0: We are the four horsemen.
1: I, I have to have a word with anybody that celebrated last night from the Washington Commanders. Players, coaches, fans. We had to put the divider between four and five because five was all praise for the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Four, what are we doing here? You're going to celebrate a preseason game that openly and that aggressively? Usually, you you almost, even if there is something to celebrate, you almost have to pretend like it's not a big deal in the preseason. Right? Every once in a while, you see, like, an undrafted rookie fullback or an undrafted rookie blocking tight end in, in a preseason game will catch a touchdown. And you know, right, they even might see the writing on the wall, right? They might be like, listen, I'm the third-string punt protector here. I'm probably not going to be around for the regular season. I'm trying to scratch and claw for any kind of highlight or lifetime memory I can I can make and uh and then in the fourth quarter of a preseason game they'll catch a touchdown and they almost have to do the whole like oh it's not a big deal it's just a preseason thing even though in their brain they're going like I'm going to take that that footage and I'm going to you know make a picture out of it, and put it on a fat head, and it's going to be on my bedroom wall for the rest of my life. But they still have to be like, yeah, it's a preseason game. You know, it's all about the team getting better. I'm just trying to play my role. The Commanders won a preseason game last night and celebrated like like it was the, the miracle on ice. Yeah. Do you do you believe in miracles of beating a 24-0 streak of, of preseason wins by the Ravens that I'm not even sure they care about? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Can we bring up uh, the John Harbaugh uh, uh, clip here? John Harbaugh is the coach of the Ravens. So he just last night watched his team lose a preseason game and then have the entire sideline of the other team and all of their fans dance as if that means something. Here's Harbaugh after the game.
0: Yeah, I don't even want to get into all that. I mean, you hear people say what they say. Guys say what they say. You know, obviously it was meaningful to them. I saw them celebrating over there. And again, they put more power to them. Congratulations. They want a hard-fought football game, you know, and they deserved it in the end to, uh, to celebrate. So they should celebrate.
1: When is the last time a preseason football game was called a hard-fought football game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really I grind that one out, guys. Normally there's a weird, unspoken agreement that, right, you don't take the kill shot, right? You, you don't anything that's questioned, you don't injure anybody. It's it's the preseason, right? Yes, you're on opposite teams, but you're also all in the fraternity of players. There's a little bit more like handshake, wink, wink, respect in the preseason than there is in the regular season. Yeah. Hard fought. Really. Hard fought. I don't know. If I'm the commanders, even after the win, I'm kind of going like, all right, good job. Let's let's hit the, the, the locker room. Let's start getting ready for film. Alright? No no big fist bumps. No big fist pumps. Right? No 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 pounding your tress, chest screaming I'm him. You won a preseason game. The other team, actually, if I were the Ravens, I'd be kind of relieved. I think starting at about 18 straight preseason games, when it started becoming a thing that everyone was talking about, mm-hmm. they're probably like, can we just lose one? Now, you don't want to tell the players on the field, like, hey, you know, throw throw a pick six here, third-string quarterback. You, you don't want to – like, you, you can't do it that way. But I think they've been wanting to lose for a while, just so everyone would stop talking about this preseason streak. I, th- I
0: think they're probably a little bit relieved. Your partner in real estate. Let's get to number three. One, two, three.
1: Baker Mayfield named the starter in Tampa Bay. Yes! Two wins, baby. I've been I've been saying this throughout the preseason. If you wanna see why the Panthers traded considerable resources and assets to move up to draft Bryce Young number one overall. Just watch Tampa Bay this preseason, right? Where was Carolina last year? Were they watching Baker Mayfield and uh, and another quarterback battle it out to see Baker Mayfield win partway through camp and, and take over the starting quarterback job going into week one? So what just happened in Tampa Bay? Baker Mayfield was battling with another quarterback – and Baker Mayfield won, and he's going to be the quarterback going into Week One. It's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's like the it's the the what what is the ghost of of Christmas past instead of future. It's like if if you want to compare where you were to where you are, just watch Tampa Bay's quarterback situation uh, against the the situation you're in right now with Carolina. There are those that believe Kyle Trash could be the starter. There are those that probably believe Walford, if he gets healthy, should be the starter. There are those that believe the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be tanking. There are factions, right? There are separate separate groups rooting for different things in Tampa Bay right now. I don't believe there are those same separations when it comes to Carolina, right? Everybody is rooting for Bryce Young. Everyone is completely aware of, uh, the situation Bryce Young is in everyone is, is is of the understanding that the whole right everybody in the boat should be rowing in the same direction which would be the development and the positive uh reinforcement and giving the support necessary to Bryce Young and that's powerful that's powerful. Right, it's the 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 two brains are better than one. Well, a franchise brains moving in the right direction and not pulling against each other are more valuable. And th- I mean, just think of what might be ahead for Tampa Bay. I'm not saying feel bad for him. Heck, you can feel excited for it. But but at some point, there's a good chance Baker Mayfield's going to get benched because it's it's happened at every step along the way for him. Yeah, actually, not and with the Rams. He finished that out, right? Well, yes. By default. They didn't they didn't have a lot of options. They didn't have a lot of directions to go after him. But uh but what I'm saying, like like Carolina was there, right? There's a good chance whoever their PJ Walker is is gonna get a start. There's a good chance who, Kyle Trask, which would be the Sam Darnold in this this role playing exercise, he'll get a start. There there's a good chance that at some point Mike Evans is gonna be like, Who in the world is out there? Somebody throw me a jump ball. Chris Godwin's going to go, my knee feels great. That's not why my production is down. Yeah. It's it's because I don't know who to get on the same page with. And Carolina's going to go, been there, been there. Luckily, not right now. Sometimes the stability of it, right? Because here's the other thing that I've heard a few times about Carolina. That they were one year too early making the big move for the quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Carolina fans or North Carolina fans, right? Drake May is going to be available. Caleb May or Caleb Williams is going to be available. Some are very high on Quinn Ewers or Michael Penix or whoever, whoever. Um, At a certain point, you just can't wait anymore. No. The Panthers since 2018, right, since kind of peak cam or at least good cam, had been shuffling and trying to fill and trying to do this, and there was the Bridgewater, and there was the this and the that and the other and the also and then the others, and then the Sams, the cams, the back of the Sams, the Pete. like they did the whole thing. At a certain point, you have to get off the the, the carousel, right? You have to grab something off the, the conveyor belt, and that's exactly what they did with Bryce Young, and that's why this year will be much more palatable and much more easy to follow and much easier to root for than what's going to go on in Tampa Bay. Let's get to number one. I skipped, I skipped, no, I wanted to get to number one, so desperate. Yeah, uh, no, it was like, wait a second, wait, hold on. Let's Let get to, to number sheet. one 1A here. and 1B, we'll call it for today. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's get to 1B. Jonathan Taylor was given permission by the Colts to seek a trade. Mm. Here's, actually, I'm going to ask you this, Dennis, because the whole permission to seek a trade thing is interesting. Uh, What does it do to the relationship if he can't find one? Because we're seeing that around the NFL much more, right? Josh Jacobs – or not Josh Jacobs, sorry, Austin – Eckler. there's so many unhappy running backs. They're hard to keep oh, track of sometimes. Austin Eckler was given the right to seek a trade mm-hmm. and couldn't find one, and now he's just back with the Chargers. And I think that's got to be interesting, right? That's got to be at least awkward for a little bit. Like, Jonathan Taylor today was at joint practices. They, they're, they have joint practices with the Eagles. He was there. They gave him permission to seek a trade, like, earlier that day. And now he's at practice with the Colts. Do you think he's talking more with the Eagles than he is with the Colts? Might be. You think he's there going like Jalen, 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 put in a good word for me. I don't know if they'll give a first rounder unless you tell them to. Oh, sorry. What's that? No, no. I wasn't saying anything to you, uh, DeAndre Swift. (laughs) Right? Hey, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, come over here. Tell him you want me. Come on, man. Remember that that was at an actual thing. Uh um, who was it? it was Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Were, were they on the Browns at that point? Reportedly were yelling across the way to the Cardinals, yelling, Come get me. Yeah. Come. Like, is he at joint practices doing that right now? How awkward is that relationship, do you think? I think he's just going, uh, walking through like, hey, uh, can you tell your head coach that uh i want to play for you guys and can you send that word up to the gm and all that can you just can you just put a word in just is you just walking around like to different guys for the eagles being like hey man just put in a word just your first round pick's gonna be like number 32 right if you get me it'll be number 32 so just give it to him yeah that's practically a second round pick you had two first round picks this past year you can afford to lose one yeah exactly you're fine Here's a, here's a note here on Austin Eckler. I can see why he wouldn't get traded for, because he is 28 years old. Mm-hmm. He's in the last
0: year of his contract, and his cap mm-hmm. hits $9.1 million.
1: And even though he catches a lot of passes, a lot of touches are a lot of touches. Yeah. Uh, and and that's when running backs tend to – and to be quite honest, that's why Jonathan Taylor is making the move he's making now, mm-hmm. because he's 24 years old, And and – If you wait till you're 26, then you're just, I mean, you're just two years away from 28, right? Like it's, it's very, you you get old very quick as a running back. So he's making his move now. The the thing that I almost guarantee though, is whoever trades for him is going to have to almost immediately sign him to an extension, right? Or else he's not going to, he's going to do the same thing to you that he did to the Colts. So you're going to have to give up whatever the Colts will accept, right? First-round pick, a package worth the equivalent of a first-round pick, and then you're going to have to almost immediately sign him to an extension. And that's why we were talking earlier about uh, Frank Reich and the Panthers if they want to go back and get their guy, right? Because Frank Reich and Taylor have a history. Frank Reich was the coach that drafted Taylor, and Frank Reich was the coach that was calling plays when he was the best back in the league in 2021. I think you'd have to – not only trade for him and give up something, which I don't think they can do. I just don't think they have it, but you'd have to sign him to the extension. I would guarantee that if I were the GM, even if I traded for Jonathan Taylor, if I convinced myself to, to give up the boatload that it would take to get Jonathan Taylor, I would not sign him to an extension beyond four years from now. So it would be whatever a three-year extension I'd give him decent money. I'd give him top of the running back market money, but that would take him to to 28 years old. That would take him to the end of Bryce Young's rookie contract. That would take him to the point in his career where I'm no longer ex- excited about being in the business of employing Jonathan Taylor. That's the hard part for Jonathan Taylor. You need to thread a lot of very, very small windows. You'd find a team that needs a premier running back, a team that can afford a premier running back, a team that has the assets of draft picks to give up to bring you in, and a team that that is willing to commit to a running back beyond age twenty-five. I don't know if there's many teams out there that have that four particular interests. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery Grand Opening, we're scheduled to open a 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food, we're doing some giveaways, we have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives, 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The Learn more at LockYourMeds.org NC. Now let's get to 1A. The 1! Greg Sankey, SEC Commissioner, Southeastern Conference Commissioner, told the media that the college football playoff needs to be rethought now that all the changes that have been happening have come to light in college football and college sports. Basically saying the realignment. Now here's what I think is going to happen. We we by the way we went on earlier in the show did a very uh, elaborate analogy when it comes to it. I'm I'm going to take this one from a from a different angle. I think they're going to use the demise of the Pac12 to find a like they're going to hide behind that to make changes that just flat out benefit the SEC. Right. Because Greg Sankey's carrying a lot of power right now. He, he, I mean, he feels it, right? He's emboldened by the power he possesses, maybe even a little drunk with power. Right. What do they say? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, I, I think he's feeling that a little bit. So, so it makes sense to me. When you say like, well, the, I mean, the Pac-12 right now is considered a power five conference and they have four teams and they're Stanford, Cal, Oregon and Washington State. We all have to get together and look at all the rules and the the, the kind of structures we have in place and see if they still make sense. Because, Pac, I mean, the Pac-12 isn't what they were when we put all these structures in place. So let's get together and rethink things. That makes all the sense in the world. But I don't think the SEC is going in just with like a "Hey, let's recalibrate a little bit here and and make sure that we're we're keeping the Pac-12 in in the proper standing." I think he's going to go in and say, "Well, since we're here and changing things, why not change X, Y, and Z? That's going to help the SEC. Why not make it so? Uh, you know the the." 12 team playoff is the top 10 teams in the country plus two conference champions or whatever other weird structure he wants to put into place that'll end up benefiting the sec right it's it's the same thing as uh it's the same thing as um let me let me think the grant of rights with the the uh ACC right there's Mm -hmm. a lot of talk about like well if you bring in a new team then Florida State's going to want to look into the grant of rights and it's like no no no, they can't just use any old thing to go back to the negotiating table and all right well since we're here everything's up for grabs right it can't be that it can't be oh well the Pac-12's a little bit a little bit uh shaken up here right so let's everything's back up for grabs how about a 32 team playoff how many teams do we have? We have 16 in the big uh, in the SEC. All right, so here's the deal: 32 team playoff. We'll start by putting in all 16 teams from the SEC. How does that sound? The rest of y'all figure it out. It's like, wait a second, wait a second. What? You're like, well, the Pac-12, they're they're shaken up. So, 16 SEC playoff teams. It's like, no, 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 no. Greg Sankey, this is where, as dumb as it is, that stupid super alliance kind of made sense. Right, if the S if the ACC isn't strong enough to keep the SEC in check by themselves, they need to partner with someone. Right, you need to to link up, get decoder rings, put them together. You're more powerful together than you've ever been apart. If the Big Ten and the SEC, if they want to get together and join forces, then uh oh, you got to find cracks. Do you think there's a there's a, a wedge we can drive into the SEC? Oh, tell me. I don't know. I'm 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 spitballing here, but do you think LSU and Auburn are a little jealous of all of the Georgia and Alabama love? Mm-hmm. Could Could we somehow drive some kind of wedge into the SEC? That way, Greg Sankey would have to deal with his own backyard rather than looking to expand into our backyard here in, in Atlantic Coast Conference territory. And any diabolical people out there that can, any way we can get. Like, uh, I don't know who, who I guess, we, you know what the way in, I know what the way in it. I just, I just got it right. Tell me. Cause they negotiate all their media deals together. You know what they don't negotiate together? Apparel deals. Mm. I want Alabama, Alabama's a Nike school, right? Oh yeah. I want Alabama to tell Nike that they want to be the only SEC Nike team. Interesting. Uh, that way they'll get to feuding amongst themselves and they'll be less interested in feuding with everybody else. How can we plant that in Nick Saban's ear? Go, Nick Saban. How messed up is it that Auburn? I mean, they're a Nike school. Kind of, they're they're what an, a Jordan school. How messed up is it that they get to have Jordan and you're Nike? I think they're Under Armour. They might be Under Armour. I think they're Under Armour. I was just making. I was I was spitball. Yeah, I see. I get what you're saying though. You got is Georgia Nike? Georgia's got to be Nike. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. All right, you got to go up to Alabama and be like, you know, I think Nike's showing them. a little It's probably the two national championships. I think they're showing Georgia a little bit more love. Yeah. That's that's our way in. Then once those splinters exist, we can attack the SEC, and then we're what we're stealing Florida. I'm telling Florida State, kick rocks. You want out? Fine. We'll replace you with Florida. Is, has it gotten too far? Has the fever dream gotten too far? Do I need to reel it back in? A little bit. Occasionally, no. you have to be my guardrails, Dennis. Yeah. Well, I'm. You've gone full. I and mean, we don't watch the show but you've gone full game of thrones
0: is <laughs> really what you've done over here occasionally ch- you have to reel me back in are you ready to buy or sell your home